Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio peeps, this is Orlingus with Timber Dalton, and I had a little technical glitch there for a moment, so hold on just a minute while I try to get my chat session up here for my curvy little blog peeps, because for some reason Skype didn't want to let me in, so and I was starting to have a little bit of a panic attack here. I am Timber Dalton, and tonight my guest is author Lorelai Confer, and Excuse me for being a little scattered right now. Like I said, I literally just like a minute to the show, I finally got Skype running right here for some reason. It was uh, it was just not working right there. How are you doing tonight, Lorelei? I'm doing great. Oh, it's great to have you on here. Um, oh, sorry. Let me catch my breath here. Um, you've got a new release coming out. Um, with uh, or is it out? Is it out yet? Has it come out yet? It's out already. Out, uh, November 30th. On uh, November 30th. Okay, I was thinking it came out in December. Uh-huh. That's uh, Deadly Deception, correct? That's right. Um, Deadly Deception is published by Siren Bookstrand. Um, why don't you tell our readers a little bit about it? Well, it's a book about human trafficking. It's rated sizzling on Bookstrand's rating system. And I've had pretty good results with it so far. It's about a girl that's um, drugged and abducted and taken from her home uh, or her so-called friend's house uh, in Colorado and transported across state lines to Virginia. She's try- she tries to escape, and after several attempts, she finally gets away from her abductors and runs into the arms of a skeptical detective, Wyatt Bowman, and he's a handsome man with nothing gets past him, sharp blue eyes. And she finds him hard to convince him the horrific story she's telling him is true. After their attraction, or their attraction is hot, sizzling, irresistible, and they get caught up in each other while he tries to um, put together a sting operation against the group that is human trafficking women from all over the country. And he puts her in danger and has to find her and she's abducted again by the same people that had the first time and he has to save her again and it's a happy ever after ending. Well, that's good. Now is this part of a series or is this a standalone book? It's a standalone book. Mhm. Now is this your first one or is have you been published before? This is my first one. It took me about three years to write it, to do all the research, and after I had the idea, I really did a lot of research with on human trafficking on the national level as well as locally. I met with the local Intercultural Advocacy Council who uh, worked with me in setting up, uh, letting me know when they were having speeches, awareness speeches, and when the, I also met with the detective that works locally on our human trafficking Human Task Force, Human Trafficking Task Force, here locally in Clearwater, mm-hmm. and got a great deal of information from him. And uh, I, he goes out and does awareness speaking as well, so I attend those as well. Mm-hmm. And at that, I have a great opportunity there to sell my book at that time, because it's a it's a something that every woman needs to be aware of that can happen so easily to, to right. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are you working on now? You've got something in the works right now? I'm working on a book called Deadly Revenge. I take a secondary character from the first book out, and it's in the North Carolina mountains, and it's about a stalking. So a woman is stalked, and he's mm-hmm. there and falls in love with 
her and helps her escape and find who's been stalked, who's been stalking her. It's not who you think it is, and there are four murders in the process. Also, someone who murders them, not the person that's stalking her. So it's a twist and turns, but it's a happy ever after with a lot of sizzling sex in between. Woohoo! We like sizzling, sizzling sex here. I know. <laughs> yeah. Our, my my pervy little uh, chat peeps, they're going to be chiming in here fairly soon, I'm sure, because we've got some of the regulars in the in the chat room. Um, just a reminder for my chat peeps who are actually live on the chat room right now, the show um, you will be hearing actually, I think it's something like five to seven seconds delayed. So that's why sometimes I'll be typing stuff in the chat room, and it might not actually. I mean, it might be a little bit before you actually hear it. So if you're listening to it afterwards, there is a little bit of a time delay. But if you're not listening to it live and playing along with our peeps in the chat room, then you're missing out some extra fun. Um, so what, Lorelei, what do you think so far, um, since this is your first book, What have you found anything that's been surprising being a writer that you weren't expecting or have you learned anything that you didn't expect in the course of this journey to get your first book published? The biggest surprise I had was when I got my edits back and found out that the editor really liked my book a lot of the way that it was, and there were very few edits, but the edits that there were, I learned so much from them. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of edits, but they were they were simple ones like don't use this in the name of lean cuisine has to be capitalized or mm-hmm. human trafficking has to be capitalized now and not then you know, certain things like that, that just seemed to really, um, that was a learning process for me. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot in doing the edits, but I was surprised that the editor liked my book so well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll find, every but, time I send I, in a book, it's like I'm always like, oh, my God, they liked it. I mean, it's you'll yes. never get over that feeling. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Trust me. I know, it's, so it was really good. And I had sent it out to a lot of um, a, a lot of editors and didn't um, get to do, 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 do. I just lost my uh let's see. Are you still there? Do I still have you there, Lorelei? Yes, uh-huh. Lorelei. Oh no, Dilusia. No, no there. Oh, let's see. Can you guys hear me? Let's see. Lorelei. Oh no. Oh, hello. Oh there you are, there you are, there you are. I hear you. Okay, woohoo. <laughs> For this that was you just scary. Yeah, we had a we had a little technical glitch at the beginning where Skype wasn't letting me log in at first, so it's like every, now I'm like paranoid, guys. So bear with me tonight. Um, <laughs> let's see. Hello, everybody in the chat room. I see Sherry and Jillian and AJ. I see Wolf. I see some guests. I see guests one and two and Lisa. Lisa. Hey, Lisa. I, I don't think you were here last time. I think so. Hi. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we I'm gonna get uh, Lorelei's links posted back in the chat room again. I believe your book, if I'm not mistaken, it's still on discount at Siren. Is that correct for for the first four weeks it's released? Yes, till December 30th. Till December 30th. So you hear that, folks? If you have not purchased her book yet, make sure you go and grab it. It's Deadly Deception. Um, by Lorelei Confer, and I just posted the link in the chat room. For those of you who are listening, it's www.bookstrand.com slash Lorelei-Confer, and that's spelled L-O-R-E-L-E-I hyphen Confer, C-O-N-F-E-R. Or you can go into bookstrand.com, and in the search box for authors, you can type Lorelei Confer, or you can type Deadly Deception, and you'll come up with her book. Um, so make sure you go and grab it. it. Looks like it's getting pretty good ratings there. It's getting a 4.2. That's really good. You're, so you're you're getting some really good uh, reception so far on your book. Now, how does that yeah. feel? Your first book out of the gate. How does that make you feel? Uh, it feels really great. It, wants me, it makes me want to go and finish my second one, which I'm almost finished with. I just have to go back and work on some more um, characterization. I think I need some more empowerment of my characters. And a little more smooth transitions between scenes, and then it'll be ready to go. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and you mentioned about editing. I and I always tell writers this too that ask me. It's like you know, you're gonna you're gonna learn so much from edits. It's it's amazing yeah. how it's the, the things that you go through the first book you go. Oh my God! And then you know, five or ten books down the road, you're gonna go. Oh my God! Did I actually do that in my first book? Ah. 
<laughs> it's, it is a learning process. It really is. <laughs> it really is. I didn't mind doing the revisions at all, any edits or re- revisions at all. I thought it, what the ideas that they had made it a stronger and a better book, and I was so much I I was so much happier about it. Yeah, doing it. You yeah. hear these horror stories about editors saying you have to make this change, and it's something that the editor, the writer, really doesn't want to do. And mm-hmm. I just didn't feel that way at all. I thought their ideas were really right on, and really made the book a better book by taking out this section or moving this section to the end of the other chapter or something like that. You know, so yeah, most, all my most chapters. The editors, um, yeah, most of the editors I've dealt with have been awesome. I mean, they really are. I mean, every once in a while you'll get one that you kind of disagree with something, and it's like, uh, you know, every once in a while you stand your ground. But the thing is, it's 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 usually it's the exception and not the rule. For the most part, I think most editors um, out there are, are just awesome. You know, every once in a while you get one that's like they read a book. Because, you know, people are people. They'll read a book a little differently than you intended it, and that's, that's normal. Um, and it doesn't, you know, but it's like, I tell them to be right. It's like, well, I, I had one, one woman comment, comment to me once. She's like, oh my God, they wanted to change everything. Da, 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 da. I'm like, well, did you actually ask anybody else for their opinion? They're like, well, no. And then she came back to me later. She goes, yeah, a couple of my other critique, you know, partners said I probably should change it. So I was like, well, you know, I mean, you might want to think about changing it then. Um, a lot of the changes that they asked me to make were ones that my critique partner had said to take that part out. We really don't need that. It doesn't move the story forward. And I thought, but there's so many good words in there, you know. It sounds so cool. <laughs> and then they came back from the editor, take this part out. It doesn't really move the book forward, you know. So I ended up taking it out anyway, which worked out, you know, just fine. So yeah, I'm, it, I'm really excited about it. It it can be hard. It it's like doing surgery on your baby sometimes. It's because you put oh, so much yeah. effort into it. It really is. It it's kind of like, Oh, I don't wanna take it out but you know, it's right. it, sometimes it's like having to do plastic surgery. You just wanna do a little nip and tuck here and there <laughs> and get the most beautiful, you know, result you can get. Um now what is your favorite genre to write in? What do you really what really gets your motor running as a writer? Romantic suspense. Mhm. Now, what do you I'm like a big about fan that? Of, well, mm-hmm. I like the surprise. I like the excitement, the uh, twists and turns. I'm a big fan of Harlan Coben. I read him a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and I get a man's perspective from a from a sexual standpoint, which there's really no sex in there at all. It says they they had sex in bed in the bedroom mm-hmm. or something. That's that's it. The amount of sex that's in there. The following morning, they woke, showered, and dressed for work or whatever they were going to do. But mm-hmm. um, I read his for, I'm always surprised by his, and I admire how he's able to put the twists and turns in there. And I always want to strive for that. I want a page turner, but I want my partners to be together in the page turning. And right. I want the sex in there. So mm-hmm. um, now I how really just your... want a page turner. Yeah. Now, when you go about the creation process, are you are you a a seat of the pants kind of plotter, or are you a outliner? You know, do really detailed outlines before you sit down and start writing. No, I had this actually in a dream, a story about human trafficking. I have no idea how it came to mind in my dream. I had this dream. I started researching it, and I found out that it was really something that's really a big local problem here in the Clearwater area, especially in gangs, and we're a small populated area considered from, you know, a big city crime. And I started researching it and talking to local people and found out that there were there were brothels that were operating here and other place, restaurants that were hiring people coming in at 5 o'clock in the morning and not leaving until 1 a.m. the following morning and being mistreated, and they were told that when they came to this country or came to this area in Florida, you know, they would have a great Florida so much better. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, and mm-hmm. they found out it was so much different. And I, my eyes were really opened in the research when I did it that I found when I found out that there was so much going on locally and so much going on locally. Mm-hmm. And I always think there's something that's going on in the in a third world country and that's not true. Right. And yeah, it is. Florida really is kind of a gateway for unfortunately a lot of 
those kind of crimes, the human trafficking and, and the drugs. And I mean, just, just because of our, our physical location as a border state surrounded yes. on most sides by water, unfortunately. But I mean, it's just, it's such a, the, because of our population, it's, it's very difficult for, you know, those kind of things to be, um, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't understand that so much of Florida is actually this, you know, it's not all condos and beaches. I mean, we have a lot of interior space where, I mean, you know, the Everglades and we have, you know, there's a huge swath of places where people can, you know, these operations can be run in relative obscurity for a while because there is all these, right. you know, undeveloped areas in our state. It's not just all concentrated on the coast. So it, it is kind of this little, you know, mixture of we've got, you know, condos and wildernesses going on and, and it's it's easy right. for crime to get a, a start like that. You know, it really is. Um yeah, and I'm actually it's because I'm actually a little bit south of you. I'm actually down in Charlotte County. Um when I saw your area uh-huh. on your phone number I meant to, to ask you where you were because I thought, Oh, she's local because um, I actually grew up in um in Hillsborough County, just on the other side of the bay oh, yeah. here, northwest Hillsborough County. So yeah. Um and I and I love this state. I mean, but yeah, we do uh <laughs> we do have some our fair share of of the dark side in our state unfortunately a lot of it imported from elsewhere but you know that's kind of what right. we uh what we uh, deal with here um hi ha- shout out to my my peeps in the chat room i see dorian and and uh i'm sorry yeah pam is there too and and a bunch of other people i hope i said that right a bunch of other people so hi folks um you are listening to Oralingus with Timber Dalton. It's uh, Thursday, December 16th, and my guest tonight is Siren author Lorelei Confer, and we're talking about her premier book, Deadly Deception, which right now, um, if you go to Siren Bookstrand, you can actually get it for a 15% discount until the end of December. So treat yourself to a early Christmas present and sootle on over there and pick up her book. Um when you were writing Deadly Deception, did your characters throw you any curveballs during the process that, like, yeah, I want you to do this, and then the characters were like, no, 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 I want to do this. Did that ever happen to you at all? Um, yeah, I actually hand-wrote the book most of the way through and had the ending, and then I actually sat down and typed it into the computer. Then mm-hmm. I went back and embellished it more, and in the beginning I had – the person that's abducted, abducted, Isabella, she had she's a second grade school teacher, mm-hmm. and I had children she was with in her classroom and their conversation back and forth. I ended up taking all of that out and reducing the number of characters that I had in the beginning. I ended up going to the third or fourth chapter and starting it again. So it was a real um, learning experience, just knowing when to start the book and and uh, getting it in the right order, remembering all the doors that I opened that I needed to make sure were closed when I did any introducing of any new red herring I threw in for a page-turner type thing. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, you'd ask earlier if it was by the seat of the pants, it was all by the seat of the pants. It wasn't um, by, I I can't do by the uh, outline. Mm Mm-hmm. Because my characters just, you know, they have their own, they have a set of their own minds, and mm-hmm. um, they just come out and flavor the whole book. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I am. I kind of, I'll do, you know, little like mile markers because I use a software called Super Note Card to do my initial writing, and I don't write in Word. I do my first draft in Super Note Card, so I'll have like, I'll pull up an index card a blank card and I'll have like a title for it because I know what I want to happen in the scene and I can leave it there as a placeholder and go back later and, you know, fix it. And then once I have the story done, then I export it all the words and smooth it out and do my, you know, but my rough draft is always done in super note card. I, that's how I do it. I can't, mm-hmm. I've, I've tried, I've tried outlines and I just can't stick to them. <laughs> I just cannot right. stick to them. Um, uh, they do just you don't primarily work write erotica? It, it apparently so. <laughs> Oh, it seems like everything I write ends up turning into erotica, but I do actually, uh, I do have some mystery, a mystery, um, a horror. Um, I, I, I'm right now I've got a young adult book that uh, it's like teenage uh, age group that I'm working on that I don't know where the heck these characters came from, but it, it's uh, yeah. that's kind of you know germinating on the back burner there, but that one's kind of taking a back seat right now because I've got 
others that I need to get done and out the door before some of my readers, you know, beat me over the head with my own books wanting the sequels to some of the series. So, yeah. yeah. Um, now, when you write, do you are you lucky enough that you get to write at home full time, or do you have an evil day job to go with your writing? No, I'm I work at home all day. I write every day. Yay! Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> I'm a yeah. stay-at-home person, and I write every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I try and write on my books. I do a lot of editing for my critique partners. I just mm-hmm. had one send me over their entire book that's like 79,000 words. And so I'm working on just critiquing that for them. And that takes away from a little bit of time away from my own writing. But I'm glad to do that because I'll send them my book then when I'm finished with it as well or certain parts of it. So I'm glad to do that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do do I, I work on the computer every day and work on some kind of writing. And I'm also trying to promote my book on Facebook and Twitter and on the loops, you know, the different loops we belong to. So that takes a little bit of time. And yeah. on my blog, I'm, on my blog, I'm doing a special on human trafficking. I change it every Sunday, and I just I have certain facts out there about human trafficking that I learned that I put out there newly every week for everybody to go and look at and just learn more about what it is and how they can protect themselves or recognize human trafficking in their area, just to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just taking up a little bit of time takes you away just sometimes from your writing. Mm-hmm. And um, now, do you have any writing routine that you stick to every day, or do you just kind of just sit down and start doing it, or do you have any, you know, do you use music, or do you prefer, a, you know, silent? How do you, how do you work as a writer? I really prefer silence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll have on just um, soundscapes or something, just mellow music in the background, some that you can't hum along to, because mm-hmm. if it's something you have to hum, a, I can hum, hum along with. I'm not going to get any writing done. My husband also works from home, and I work best when he's not here. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> my air, and know he's there, and. Yeah. Um, I can I can sympathize with I'm that. apprehensive. I, I'm expecting an interruption at any moment the entire time I'm writing, you know, so I do better when he's not here. Yeah. Unfortunately. I I, I totally get that cuz yeah, I have the same I mean, I love my husband dearly, but it's uh it's like sometimes it's like hey, respect the headphones. I have the headphones on, so that means don't bother me unless the house is burning down or a dog is yakking, okay? It's like, you know. That's okay. <laughs> respect That's the right. headphones. Um, now, now, you mentioned earlier, you know, that you love to read the, you know, romantic suspense and like suspense books. Now, are there any other authors that influenced you when you first started, or are there any writers that you really looked yeah. to? For? Joanna Lindsay is a favorite of mine. Um, Kathleen Woodywis was a great author, and uh, Catherine Coulter. Um, Jill Gregory was one of my favorites. I don't see as much from her anymore as I used to. Um, Rosemary Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Gross is another one, a male perspective. On he writes a lot of mystery, deep, deep government ideas you can get from him that you can't imagine that those things can really happen either. And he puts it all together, and there's no sex in that either. It's a more uh, just a fiction story. But I like to read. I like his technique of writing, the mystery mm-hmm. portion of it. So I read that for that part. And mm-hmm. then I read Eliza March, her erotica. Uh, and I, I read some other erotica authors. Sophie Oak is one that I've purchased and read some of hers. Mm-hmm. She's good. Yeah, I had her on here yeah. last week. She's she's great. Yeah, yeah. And so I I kind of I can read anything that can that's entertaining, you know. Yeah. Um, now, how how long have you been working at writing? Has this been has this been something you've worked on all your life, or is this something relatively new for you? Or how did how did you come to become a, a professional writer? I've been writing since I was in the fourth grade when we had to write a play for just an English assignment. And mine was chosen by the teacher to be 
performed by students in the class. So she, you know, had us all do, gave us all our lines, and we had to do everything. And she invited the parents one Friday afternoon to come and watch the play. That was when I knew I, well, they told me I had some writing skill and I should continue. And then when I was in college, I did all the creative writing classes and majored in English and and writing. And um, it's just been a part of me, writing a journal every day, uh, story ideas constantly. I have story ideas, and I'm constantly writing them. I've got composition books of story ideas. I just want to add another 60 words to what that blurb is that I wrote down, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a long time that I've been writing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, professionally, I've just been writing the past three years full time. Mm-hmm. Now, how um, when you started the journey to get published, how how long did it take you from you know writing the book to actually getting your first publishing contract? Would you say? Oh, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I sent it out to editors um, in New York, thinking, oh, they're going to jump on me. I'm a new author, you know. And uh, I got the usual standard rejection back. You know, we're not looking for your kind of writing or your topic right now. And so I sent it out to Siren just on a whim. A friend of mine said, you know, go ahead and send it to Siren, see what they say. And when they accepted it, I was very happy about it. So I think it's turned out to be a really great book. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you, of course, now you're e-published. Were you a fan of e-publishing before you got in it? Because I know when I first started, I was like, oh, I want a real book, and then I realized, okay, well, it is real money that I'm getting paid, and big publishers are basically turning their noses up at me, but I found smaller publishers, and, hey, I don't have to ask if you want fries with that for a living anymore. So, That's you know what? It. E-books are cool. So how, how did you feel about e-books when you first started? Um, when I first started and found out that e-book was how it was going to go, I was thrilled about that. It was kind of bittersweet. I had two ways of looking at it. One, that I feel that's the way the, everywhere the economy is leading us and that people are not just going to settle for the paperback and the green issues. They're going to want things. They're not going to buy the paperbacks and stack them around or give them away, create another pile of paper that the e-books are, are how the future is going to be. And I want in on the bottom uh, of something that's going to be new and be um, successful in the end. So I had two ways of looking at that. And then once it came out in e-book and my sales were relatively good, I was happy as can be. Um, so it worked out really good mm-hmm. both ways. But I was torn I still want a, that hardback when it comes out, the paperback when it comes out in April or May. I still want that. Yeah. And <laughs> I think everyone hold does. that. <laughs> yeah. I still want to hold that book in my hand. And when I go out with the detectives uh, from the Human Task Force for their awareness discussion group, I'm going to take those books along and, and just make you know make a sale every chance I get. And they mm-hmm. said they'd be glad to help me do that because it's helping them spread the word to about human traffic awareness to women who read the book about romance um and that's who needs to know it so i think it's a great avenue to go and they agreed and they're willing to help me do it so yeah it's the best of both worlds and that and that's good too that it's not only is it fiction and it's you know it's of course you know Obviously, people read as an escape and entertainment, but that really is cool that you can work that in, and it is a real life mm-hmm. kind of wake up and and you know a way to showcase that. So that that really is cool. I really do. I commend you for that. I think that's awesome. Um, right. Now, my second book, I'm not going to do that much within uh, stalking. I'm not going to do as much research into that, but that's also another awareness thing like that. But it's just an idea that I had. For this particular couple, this guy from the first book, I just had to get his story out there, and then it just didn't go that way. So, um, and the book has changed a number of times, and it's just it's just not going the way I originally thought. So that's why I can't go buy an outline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I have to go by the seat of my pants. So, oh yeah, that's me too. That's definitely me too. Um, 
now getting into I don't think I covered this question yet, but is there is there a genre really that you would like that you haven't written in yet that you would like to explore more thoroughly or um No, because I've written most of mine are mysteries with the sex in, mm-hmm. with the sizzling sex, and I don't want to go erotica. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I can write a menage a trois. Mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't know where to put people's hands and feet and make it <laughs> make it. I see a pretzel. Uh-huh. <laughs> um so you get like three pieces and they're all stuck together, a triangle, a circle, and a square, and you've got to figure out how they all come apart, you know, or the Rubik's Cube, putting it back together, something like that. And I just don't see myself doing that. And I also don't see myself going to straight mystery because it's there's always a man and a woman involved. There's always going to be that attraction. There's always going to be sex as a result. Mm-hmm. And how sizzling I make it just depends on it. You know, I... I I won't rule out erotica, but I just don't see myself doing that now. Mm-hmm. Now, have you? Um, I was trying to think where we was going there, folks. They're listening tonight. Um, bear with me because I'm a little off my game. <laughs> I'm dealing with a new medication for my fibromyalgia, and I woke up this morning with my right eye swollen nearly shut, so I went to the doctor for that. So it's like I got the double whammy tonight. So I'm uh, a, little, a little off my game here. Um, <laughs> um, as a writer, when you when you get into your characters, do you find that you? Because um, I know personally, when I'm writing, I tend to get like lost. You know, when I'm really when a scene's really cranking and I'm really into it, and I'm almost seeing the book as a movie in my head. I'll you know fast forward it and rewind it several times, and then it's like I'm writing, I'm transcribing what I'm seeing in my head. Um, do you? have some sort of a similar what is your process to get from I know you said you 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 put it on paper and then you put it in the computer but when you're visualizing your say how do you get into Hello Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, now you're back. You weren't okay. there. Hey, can you hear me? Uh, yep, I hear you. Uh, <laughs> okay, where'd you lose me? At? <laughs> um, you're asking me if how I get into the character of my people. You were saying how you get lost sometimes and you're re- yeah. re- rewinding, there we go. coming back. Yep. Okay. And, <laughs> what what is okay. what is your process for visualizing? Well, when I get into my characters, I kind of just let them kind of tell me what they're doing. And then I put it together, write it down, you know, type it down and and uh, try to envision how it's going to look. A lot of times I type with my hands, my eyes closed, even though I have to look at the keys. But I'm thinking, you know, trying to visualize it backwards, frontwards, just like you do. But then I find a lot of times I'll go back and I'll look at what I've written. And I'll say, that's never going to work that way. You know, it's I've got to move him over here and put her there and point of view changes and, and – uh, something like that, I find I have to go back and make changes on what I've written sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, we have a, a good question in the chat room from Jillian. Do you worry with so many e-writers um, that you might get lost in the shuffle? Oh, yeah, especially with Siren because I look at the uh, twenty, the twenty, the 30-day list or the 20, top 20, and there are new ones coming out all the time, you know. That I get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm yeah. down on 75 or something like that in the top 100. So mm-hmm. it's a very very easy to do. Right now, and when you're that's why I wanted to do this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love I love having fellow writers on here because I love talking to other writers. I mean, because it, it, in a way, you know, writing is it, it's funny. I don't think readers necessarily see this part of what we do. I mean, they read the book and, of course, I love you guys. I really do love you guys. Um, no, I didn't hang up on you, Jillian. Um, <laughs> sorry but to the blog piece there. Um, I mean, the chat piece there. But writing really is kind of a solitary job. I mean, you basically have to be by yourself mostly to do what it is. So it's kind of, you know, it's like one of these things It's like you're in this bubble and then you put it out there and, you know, it it is. It's like so... You get where was I going with this? Um, 
sorry. Right. <laughs> you know, it's 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 really it's kind of you know, marketing is very hard, and it's like you get out there, and it's it's just kind of one of those things where you, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It. It's like it's, people go, "Oh, I liked it." It's like, "Yay, they liked the book!" You know, I don't. I, that's right. what I found personally. <laughs> I mean, I have found personally the marketing to be the hardest thing. To stay up on Facebook every day, Twitter, put something out there. Just if it's once a day and just say Deadly Deception on sale now at bookstrand.com, whatever, deadly.deception. Even if it's just to put a com- just one line comment out there every day, mm-hmm. I've been trying to do that. And Twitter as well, just so everybody are familiar. Deadly Deception, what was that? What was that book? You know, and they'll think, I'm going to go look at that see where I can find that at and um and come up with other marketing plans is my whole big issue right now and is is putting my my second book kind of on the back burner because I'm trying to get this one marketed a lot but I know that when my second book comes out they'll want to go back and read my first one if they haven't read that yet so I'm anxious to do that too as a marketing ploy so I'm kind of caught in the middle between the two. Right. Mm-hmm. Then now, I have a third and a fourth as well. I've got awesome. ideas for. So I'm working on those in the background. If I find a piece of information in the newspaper or I have a thought that I think would work really great in one of those books, I go find that paperwork and jot down that information, you know, so I don't forget it when I go to really sit down and write the book. Mm-hmm. Let's see, and and um, okay, let me try to do your name again in the chat room. Um, Yeepem, I hope I didn't mangle that again. Sorry. Um, said I bought your book, Ms. Confer, and I know for myself, once I read and love somebody's or someone's style, that I am a super loyal purchaser. I have all the Timber Dalton books. Thank you. And as long as an author yeah. has a website for upcoming releases, I follow them regardless of publisher. So that's that's pretty cool. And, and as a reader, because I am a reader also, I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, I don't care who somebody's published with. I'll, I'll follow them. So that's you've already got one reader right there for sure. You know? Right. That's really yeah, cool. Thank you very Lisa. much. Yeah. Okay. That Lisa, we'll call you Lisa. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> oh, and Sherry Vidal just chimed in too. Definitely regardless of publisher, I follow authors wherever I can find them. So that, that's Oh, great. Right. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Yeah, that's... um. Yeah, you know, I know as, as a reader, it, it is easy sometimes just to go. It, as a writer, you know, I always try to walk the line of not doing too much self-promotion and then, you know, but keeping the word out there. But it's like there is so many venues. There's, I mean, like MySpace. I have MySpace pages, but I basically haven't done anything with them in a while. But it's mostly it's like Facebook, Twitter, and, the, you know, a website. Um, there's just so much out there that you could spend all your time doing promotion and nothing doing writing. And right. as a as a right. reader, I'll tend to gravitate right towards the author's website first to see what's going on because that's usually the easiest place. Um, mm-hmm. So I know that's that having a website is definitely definitely a a big thing right there. And and and, it, and they're not that hard to do. Any, I mean, how have you found? Have, did you have website experience before, or do you do your own website, or does somebody do it for you, or? I do, I do my own. I've done my own before in uh, PowerPoint and, or in uh, Publisher, I'm sorry, in Publisher, and it was a lot easier to do it. I could add as many pages as I wanted and then just file the, upload the files to, I used GoDaddy and, as a host. And then I thought for this book I would try using GoDaddy's um, website tonight, and I found out that was really website in a week. Ah. So it's... <laughs> You you have to work within their parameters and only do what their fields allow you to do, and you're limited in that. But I did create a blog. I did do I do have a website, and um, I do have my new book on it. I have an anthology for Christmas that that I put out there as well, um, with four short stories on. And I also have um, a blog, of course, that I mentioned before, and I update that. I have more people come to my website then come to my blog. I've heard other people say they have many more people come to their blog than they do their website. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know which way it goes. I think it's just um, it's just as easy. I keep my blog more current than my website. It doesn't change as often. My website mm-hmm. doesn't. My blog right. does. 
But I have them linked together, so if you're on one, you can go to the other, you know, on back and forth. Exactly. So that, That's the easiest way to do it sometimes. I mean, I have told people that, that don't know anything about websites, I'll tell them, I was like, well, what you do is you get your domain name and you point it towards, like, Blogger or something. You get yourself a Blogger, you know, blog, and that's how you start out with and use their templates until you get comfortable enough to do your own website. So at least right. you have a web presence. But it it is hard. I mean, it's really hard to update everything and keep going. I mean, it is a full job, job in and of itself. But as a writer, I found, you know, I prefer seeing writers who – do it themselves versus having a promotion company because promotion companies can kind of be, you know, you, you want to talk to the writer. I know I personally love that. And right. I, I, I do try to answer fan mail. Sometimes I get horribly behind like I am right now. Sorry, guys. I'm a couple of weeks behind on my fan mail. Um, but <laughs> with everything else going on. But it's like I, I, I love it when I when I write to a, a writer as a, as a reader and I get a response back from the writer. It's like, yeah they wrote me back you know so, yeah i mean it's it's really cool um you still there do i still have you okay good you're still there okay I'm here yeah. i'm paranoid now um wow this hour is going quick um for those of you listening this is oralingus with timber dalton um it's intelligent but dirty uh my my guest tonight is siren author laura lay confer and we're talking about her premier book deadly deception which is available at www.bookstrand.com uh, backslash deadly hyphen deception um, or you can go to bookstrand.com and type in deadly deception into the search box they have a link search by title author or publisher um so you can search deadly deception or you can search laura lay confer um, her site is Um and her blog is also linked on there, so you can go visit her website. Um, what, when you're not writing, what are you doing for fun? Um, let's see, for fun, um, I'm probably reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm an avid. Booker, so I take a lot of photos for different occasions. We just had our first grandson here oh. three years ago, and so I have tons of pictures of him, and I've done lots of stories by pictures, and uh, so I kind of keep my writing going through those, and um, I do that for fun as a hobby, but I don't have a lot of time left after I'm doing all the promotional stuff. I'm usually on the computer most of the time. I need to take some time away for a hobby. Mhm. Yeah. More time I've, for me. It's I found it hard to say, what do you do for fun? Well, writing is fun. <laughs> that was my hobby for so many it years. Is. It's I love it. I mean it's it's not just a job, it's who I am and I mean I just enjoy writing is that's my relaxation mm-hmm. as well as my work. <laughs> now so, when I'm you, writing when, all day and I, uh-huh. I was just going to say I'm writing all day, and then it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm still writing because I couldn't get this person to shut up, and uh, my husband's coming to me and saying, "When are you coming to bed? When are you coming to bed?" And I said, "I'll be there just as soon as he's done doing whatever he's doing here," you know. So, it's it takes over your life, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. It's 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 definitely. I'm. I mean, I consider myself lucky that I can do this for a living. People actually pay me to do this. I'm like, really, seriously? Cool. I was doing it for free for so many years. Right. <laughs> um, exactly. It's it's it's. A, now, what is your? Are you out to your family as a writer with what you write, or do they do they know that the the genre that you're writing in the romantic suspense, or do they just know that you're a writer, or oh. what what have you told them? They, I've told them I'm a writer. They knew I was a writer all along, and they kept saying, when are you going to get something published? When are you going to get something published? I can't wait to get something published. So my oldest son especially was real excited when I got something. Well, they both were. I have two boys, and they're both grown. But my oldest son especially, he's in sales and marketing, and he's actually helping to market my book. He's telling everybody he knows about it. Oh, he cool. travels all over the country. And I had cards, postcards made up with the cover on one side and on the back, a um a little blurb and all of my pertinent information and he's handing those out. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, as he travels around. So that's helping some too, uh as far as just another piece of marketing. Mhm. So but they're excited about it though and uh neither one are readers. 
They read uh-huh. magazines, nothing, but they don't start at the beginning and read a book. So neither one have read my book. Uh-huh. They know it's about human trafficking, but they don't know any. They haven't read the sex parts or anything. But I don't think they'd uh-huh. be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Now, um, are you a member of like any like you know local? Writing guy, I know you said you had a couple of critique partners. Are you are you, do you network locally with other writers, or are you a member of RWA or anything like that? Yes, I'm a member a member of RWA and also of Terra, which is Tampa area RWA sister group, and uh, we meet once a month. And then there are about eight of us that have formed our own group on this side of the bridge, my side of the bridge of the water, away from Tampa, and we get together every every four weeks as well, and two weeks in between. So um, we meet the second Saturday at Terra, and then we meet the third or fourth Saturday at someone's house. Mm-hmm. And we we try to do um, mostly plotting and marketing strategies, what's worked good for you, what's working good for me, you know, that sort of thing. And then also plotting. Anybody that has a problem with the plotting, they're stuck or... or uh, writer's block, we try and help them come up with ideas to move the book forward and get them going again. And um, we tried the the um, fast market, the fast uh, plotting session that really worked. That they had to, we said, okay, you, we've got 15 minutes. We're going to tell you 20. We're going to tell you as many things as we can that you can put down in your book and you, for to move the book forward, um, to move the plot forward. And you can't say no to any of them because a lot of times when you're plotting with somebody, they're going to say, I already tried that. I don't like that idea. It's not going to work with somebody else. Well, in this case, they have to write the idea down anyway. Uh-huh. And then they go back and look, okay, I've got I've got 20 or 50 ideas here. Which ones can I use? And they might end up taking that one they didn't want to use and mixing it with another one, and it comes out to be the perfect thing that they can use in their plot. In their plot. So we do that frequently. And um, as I said, we talk about the marketing aspects a lot, which that that's really good just to be able to talk to somebody else and get some ideas of what they're doing. One of the girls in the group has spent money on a magazine and RWA, and to see her results uh, was interesting compared to somebody like me who's just doing it, Facebook and Twitter and more on the computer as opposed to outside in magazines, in that right. media. Well, and your first book is always going to be, you know, unless you're lucky like, you know, J.K. Rowling or somebody like that. I mean, your first book is yeah. always going to be the one that kind of, it, it gets you in, it gets people in, and your backlist will start picking up with every subsequent book that you publish as you build a reader base and people learn about you, then people will start picking up your you know, your older books that didn't necessarily hear about you before. So that will, you know, that does pick up. That's one thing I've, I've found that's pretty much universal for all writers is that the first book, I mean, in, in, in a way it's good and it's bad because it's like I've, I've always told people, I know that the first book, sometimes you might feel a little disappointed by the results, but just remember you can't just say, okay, well, I throw my hands up and quit because with every book that you do, you know, you grow as a writer and you grow your fan base and, you know, you learn what works for marketing and what doesn't. And, it, I mean, it does, it gets easier as you go along. It's just, it's a process. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it really right. is. You know, and, and, and you're going to stand that. Yeah. And, and you'll develop, you know, you'll develop really loyal readers. And I always tell people, too, it's like, you know, whenever you get the, I said, actually look forward to your first bad review because when you get your first bad review, that means you're a professional writer. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't, don't sweat the, actually celebrate when you get your first bad review because it means you've made it. <laughs> yes. Oh, good. I can't wait for that. (laughs) Yeah, I tell people, I say, always reframe that argument in your head. Don't, you know, dread your first bad review. Look forward to it because that means, and if it's a spectacularly bad review, then just kind of laugh at it and go, yeah, they felt, you know, felt bad and, you know, they they hated it enough that they actually, you know, raked me over the coals. Yeah, you know, they gave you effort instead Uh, of just like a, you know, kind of thing. I always always tell people that you got to reframe those kind of things because as a writer, yeah, you do put yourself out there and, it it, it kind of right. it can be ego bruising, but you do you do learn after a while, you know, good and bad reviews. You kind of let them. It's actually it's the fan mail that really 
when I get fan mail personally, and I've talked to other writers that feel the same way, that's what really, I mean, yeah, reviews are great. I'm not saying they're not. And reader mm-hmm. reviews like on Amazon are great. But when somebody actually takes the time to write you personally and say, I loved your book to me, that's like, oh, yay, thank you. That's my little squee moment of the of the day usually is when I yeah. get fan fan mail because it means they, they liked it enough to take the time to write you. So that's kind of, that that's that's cool. I always think those are great. I, I'll I'll take, you know, one of those over 20 good reviews anywhere else because, I mean, they put the effort in to write because they really liked it because you made an impact for them. So, I mean, that's me personally, but. <laughs> right. So, let's see. I can't wait for my first fan letter. Uh-huh. Oh, it's. It. So that'll be great. Yeah, it really is. And, okay, they're picking on me in the chat room here, Jillian. I asked him for cookies and she said no, but she answered. Yes, I answered the phone before Jillian. Yes, you got to talk last week. <laughs> She's my Jillian tried to call in once, and my husband accidentally hung up on her in the switchboard because we were still trying to figure out the software. So we have a lot of fun. It's like a little my little my little uh, blog talk radio peep family here that comes into the chat room every every show. Um, we're talking tonight. I'm talking tonight with Siren author Lorelei Confer. You can find her homepage at loreleconfer.com. That's L O R E L E I. C-O-N-F-E-R, LauraLayConfer.com. Her book is Deadly Deception from Bookstrand.com, and you can find it over at Bookstrand.com. Right now it is on sale for 15% off. Um, until I believe that's right. Did I say that right? Fifteen percent. I think it's fifteen percent off. Yeah, fifteen percent discount um, until the end of December. So make sure you got give you give yourself an early Christmas present and go out and get right now. It's five dollars and nine cents. And um, it's a decent-sized book. It's, you know, almost 65,000 words, and it's sizzling. So all of you stuck up there in the snowy north, where, of course, it's pretty cold down here in Florida right now, too. But all of those, everybody who's uh, kind of landlocked with snow and stuff, you need to go over to Bookstrand and, and buy it and download it. And remember, if you have a Kindle, you do not have to wait. Well, at least I know this for the newer Kindles. I'm not sure about the first generation of Kindles. If you have a Kindle... You can sign up for a sirenbookstrand.com account, and you can plug in your Kindle's email address. You can buy the PRC format for the Kindle, and it will email it to your Kindle. So you don't even have to mess with the with the um, cord to transfer it over your computer. If you're not sure how to do that, you can download the PRC format, and you should be able to transfer it right into your Kindle with the USB cable. It's really easy. It's like dropping and dragging a file from a memory card. So, no, you don't have to wait for it to actually show up on Kindle Kindle to buy it if you have a Kindle if you don't want to wait. So you can get that. Siren's got that cool new feature now. Like I said, the first-generation Kindles, I'm not sure how that works. Um, but, you know, if you've got a Nook, they've got EPUB now, which is really cool. Of course, they've got, the, you know, traditional PDF and stuff. So y'all can get over there and, and get the formats that you need from um, from Siren. Um, we're down to eight minutes. So is there uh, – is a writer, Lorelei, you know, I know that it's like when I'm thinking about stories, it's like I'll, I'll sometimes I'll sit there and kind of zone out and people watch and it's like I know that I'll like little stories will form in my head about the people that I'm feeling like, you know, if you're at a mall or something like that. Have you ever found yourself doing that as a writer? I definitely do. In fact, I was waiting in an airport for a flight one time and I got to get a cup of coffee or something and I was sitting there drinking it and I was looking at around who was sitting beside me and I actually got my notebook out and said there's a couple sitting there having an argument she's flipping with her hair and he's messing with his uh change or something like that just the things that people do while they're sitting there idly not not knowing that they're actually doing it so i can better describe my people in my characters Mm -hmm. in my books Uh um i've got some great ideas just from people watching yeah yeah, I, I know as a writer I do that. I think that's an occupational hazard. My husband will be like, what are you looking at? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> Staring at those. <laughs> lost, in, lost in my head, you know. <laughs> yes, I'm memorizing what they're wearing or what they're doing or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I find um occupational hazard for sure. Yeah. Oh, well. Now, um 
are you going to be setting any books in Florida that you're working on right now or um I don't think so. Mostly I may do the third the, the fourth one I have mm-hmm. in uh Florida. But the next two are in the North Carolina mountains and we go there twice a, two three times a year. So it's um I'm just comfortable there and mm-hmm. I make my towns and my people and everything, so I don't really use the name of a real town uh, mm-hmm. or anything like that. So I think it's easier to to do it that way than try and be really legit and and mm-hmm. um, do like something here locally, Hillsborough County, Tampa, Waters Avenue, you know, Davis Island, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. easier to make it up and make believe. Uh huh. And let's see. Um, I'm just. I'm sorry. They're cracking me up in the chat room here. They're talking about. They're discussing perverted cakes and and obscenely shaped cookies in the chat room. <laughs> we, oh, geez. We, we got a we got a chat room party going on. They're they're making uh, comparisons of what you can do with white chocolate or cream cheese frosting, and you don't want to know what they're talking about. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I call them my pervy little blog talk radio peeps because we do really get us. We run the full gamut here sometimes. Yeah, but, wow. but they're great. They really are. They're great. Um, <laughs> it totally derailed my train of thought. We're down to uh, we're down to five minutes. This hour's gone quick. Um, we're talking. I'm talking tonight to author Lorelei Confer. Her first book, Deadly Deception, is now available in ebook format from Bookstrand.com. You can go over to Bookstrand.com and uh, you can use the search box over there to get it, or it's um, you can go to her website at LaureleConfer.com. Um, and right now it is on discount, 15% off until the end of December. So make sure you get over there. You can save a little bit. And if you got a Kindle, you can get it directly from the website. You can plug in your Kindle email address um, into the Siren Books Channel account that you create, and it'll email it to you at purchase. Um, or you can use your USB cable and just transfer it over to your Kindle from your computer. Either way works. Um, Oh, lost my train of thought. Let's see. Um, coming up on four minutes here, so I need to start winding down. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to to say to our our listeners out there tonight, Lorelei? Um, the other thing is, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. I also think that my book is available on Kindle now. Oh, is it? Okay, um, it is available on Kindle the, now. Okay, great. And, mm-hmm. and anybody that doesn't have a Kindle can get the Kindle for PC from Amazon. Yeah. And download mm-hmm. it on their laptop or their computer if they feel like, you know, a lot of people spend time an hour a day reading a story on their laptop or their desktop, either one, and so they can be reading that book as well. Mm-hmm. So in January, my book will be available on Amazon. So mm-hmm. Awesome. That's what I understand anyway. So I'm not, I haven't done that myself, so I'm not sure, but I do understand that it's available on Kindle now. Cool. In the That's PR great. Format, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for those of you who weren't aware of it um, that do use Kindle's PRC, um, and I think the Mobi format also works as well because Mobi and PRC are basically the same format. As long as it's not DRM'd, meaning it's not locked, um, you can you can use that format because it's, uh, it's basically the, the same format as Mobi. Um, if you have a Nook, you, of course, you know, you use the EPUB format, and you can get that, and you can transfer that quite easily. You don't have to wait for it to come out on Barnes & Noble's um, Nook website. You can just do it right from bookstrand.com and get it there and transfer it over. Um, yes, I am a, a, a – they were teasing me earlier in the chat room that I'm a I'm a gadget geek, and, yes, I am a, ga- a gadget junkie. I have uh, yeah. <laughs> I have one of every flavor. And you can also get the uh, both the Kindle and the Nook um, – Format readers, they'll, they'll work on the iPads, the um, iPhones, the Androids, Blackberries, computers. So you can go cross format so you don't even have to have your reader with you. You can get, you know, one of the books. And I just, the little voice in my ear just said we got 90 seconds left. So um, thank you for joining us tonight, Lorelei. It was fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on here. And again, her book is Deadly Deception. It's available at bookstrand.com. Make sure you check her out. Um, thanks a lot. I really appreciate having you here, Laurel. It's been great. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really had a great time. Thanks. Um, and everybody out there, I my next guest is going to be author India Wilson. She's going to be here on Sunday the 19th at 10 p.m., so make sure you stop by um, 
to check her out, and I'll have a link up on the website here on the Blog Talk Radio website in the next day or so with a link to her book. Um, this is blogtalkradio.com. You're listening to Oralingus with Timber Dalton. That's T-Y-M-B-E-R Dalton. You can email me at timberdalton.com or uh, at timber timberdalton at gmail.com. My website is timberdalton.com. Tonight we talked to Siren author Laura Leigh Confer. Her first book, Deadly Deception, is available at sirenbookstrand.com. And thank you all for putting up with my loopy self tonight. And thank you all for giving Laura Leigh such a warm welcome. Please go check out her book. And I really appreciate you guys checking in tonight. So I'm going to say so long and I will see you all on Sunday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts